The Four Diegos, proudly brought to you by Tax Talk. We love to talk tax. Call 1300 366 639. The whole country is still on a high after the Socceroos' qualification to the World Cup for the first time in 32 years. It uh, was achieved after a tough two-game extra time and penalty shootout struggle against the in-your-face Uruguayans. To keep the party going just for that little bit longer, tonight we sit back, relax and share a special soft sombrero moment with the Aussie penalty taker with ice in his veins. Please, Vic Fortiego's welcome live from Spain, Australia's penalty spot hero, John Aloisi. Good uh, afternoon to you, John. Yeah, good afternoon, guys. How are you, mate? This is Carlos Alberto. Uh, with me tonight is Jose Gorgonzola. Johnny. How you going? Rodrigo Rodriguez. Love your work, mate. Thanks. And Warren Diego. I love you more. <laughs> <laughs> now, John, look, mate, it's a bit of an understatement, but your last penalty kick that you took in your career had a little bit riding on it, mate. Uh, firstly, 32 years of heartbreak, eight failed World Cup campaigns, the hopes of a nation, the lifelong ridicule that your kids would have had to go through if uh, if you had missed, Johnny Howard's war against terror, uh, Johnny Travolta's job with Qantas was riding on it, uh, the negative economic impact of a a penalty miss uh, would have had on the on, on the country. You know, how could you be so so cool and calm taking that uh, that penalty, given that uh, you had a fair bit riding on it, mate? Lucky you didn't give me that talk before I took the penalty. <laughs> 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 uh, to be honest, uh, it was uh, it was quite strange because at the time I was really calm and uh, I was confident and. Uh, we were uh, practicing penalties the day before, and I said to Lucas Neal, let's go practice up that end after training because uh, I'm sure that if there's a penalty shootout, it'll be up that end. And uh, I had my run-up set up, and uh, I took about four or five penalties, and they all went in. And uh, I thought to myself the next day that, uh, you know, if I had to take a penalty, I was confident I'll get one. Well, you know, your goal celebration will be replayed up there with uh, Kathy Freeman's 400 metres win in the Olympics, the America's Cup win, Maccabi Divas, you know, triple Melbourne Cup win. Are you proud that uh, out of all the great moments in sport this country has had, that you celebrated yours by getting naked, mate? <laughs> Actually, when I saw my body on TV, I wasn't too proud of it. <laughs> John, I was going to ask, how, how, how long did it take you to, to get that six-pack going? No, I actually I think John you should have been wearing one of those old fashioned singlets underneath with um will you marry me somebody or a proposal <laughs> of some description or you know, world peace or something that all the players yeah. do. No, it uh, it was a, a good celebration. I thought that, that uh, we all just ran. I I thought that to myself before the game, if we end up winning or scored a goal, that I'll run where my family is, and uh, and that's where I ran to. I knew where I was sitting, and I ran straight there. Um, I think it was just instinctive when I took off my top. I don't know why I took it off. I just uh, went crazy, I think. Now, John, I, th I suppose penalty shootouts are as much about your keeper saving penalties as you guys putting them in the back of the net. Did you have a sense that... Um, Mark Swartzer was in good form and um, then after he'd saved the first one, did you sense that he was going to put you in a position where you guys only had to slot them to win sort of thing? Um, to, to be honest, I, I didn't really know how good he was at uh, saving penalties and uh, when he saved the first one, I thought, well, 
you know, he went the right way, which was uh, the, the guy didn't hit it that well, and it was a good save. But the, when he saved that once before mine, that was an unbelievable save. Uh, it was probably one of the best penalty saves I've ever seen. And uh, and that's when, uh, you know, I was just confident because uh, I knew that my penalty was to win the game. So it was it was a pressure penalty, but it was um, a lot better than taking it to stay in the game. So I was just getting excited that I was, I was taking that penalty and I had the opportunity to take us to the World Cup. Take us through it, mate. What were you thinking? Were you thinking, geez, I miss mum's lasagna? <laughs> or, you know, um, what did that something, you know, when you know how really odd thoughts enter your mind when you're just about to do something really important? What, what were you... I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what happened. At the, at the halfway line, we didn't know who was taking penalties, like, because I knew that I was taking one and whoever else was taking it knew who, you know, they were taking it. But, um, I, I asked Lucas Neal before his penalty. I said, "Are you taking one?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, I'm next." And uh, he goes, "Oh, when are you taking yours?" I said, "I'm, I'm the fifth one." I go, "I'm either going to be the hero or the villain." <laughs> and, uh, sort of joking around, and he goes, "So which one's going to be?" And I just laughed. And I go, "Of course, it's going to be the hero, mate." Uh, and um, and then when I went to take it, I was. I was very confident. Uh, the only time I got a little bit nervous is when I saw Viduka miss his penalty. Mm. I thought, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we all did, mate. <laughs> now, John, obviously it was a huge thing in this country, but I'm interested, as an Australian player going back to Spain, and obviously the Spanish team qualified in a very similar way at a very similar time, have, has there been interest in, in you being an Australian, going to the World Cup, and did it make news over there, like, as far as... Australia not being there for 32 years and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, massive news, massive. Um, I think also because it was me that took the penalty, so I came back to Spain, it was big news. And also, good sitting, um, coached quite a few years here in Spain. So it was big news that uh, finally we got there after 32 years and, and the way we did it and against the Uruguayans, which um, a lot of countries dislike the way they play their, their football. But... Um, yeah, it was big news here, and uh, I got a lot of stick for the celebration too. <laughs> <laughs> here on the Fort Diego soft sombrero moment, we're speaking to live from Spain, Australian penalty spot hero John Aloisi. Uh, John, it's Carlos again, mate. Now, on the in the papers here in Melbourne, uh, I'm not sure whether it went around to all the all the papers uh, throughout Australia, but there were a, a photo of two little kids holding hand, hand in hand, a young boy and a young girl, would have been no more than five or six years old, wearing an Aloisi top and also a Bresciano top, and the front page of the Herald Sun here in in Melbourne. And uh, it was just a really cute little photo. But it wasn't long ago where it would have been Viduka and Kuehl on the back of those kids' shirts. Now, what's it make you feel like now that uh, you, know, you're, you and someone like Bresch is, uh, are the heroes of Australian football? Not to say that Harry, Harry played brilliantly well and Mark was a great leader through the games too, but the sharing of the load for the, the hero status, uh, it must make you really proud that you're in amongst that all now. Yeah, it does. Um, it, it made me proud to see that it was uh, 83,000 Australians there in green and gold, and then to to see most of the country following the game was it was unbelievable. And uh, and also to get so much publicity after, it, I don't think it's ever happened in Australian soccer before. So it can only be good for, for the game back home and and for myself. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a strange feeling to see yourself on the front page of the paper in Australia because uh, soccer hardly makes the back pages and to see yourself on the front page is uh, it's a great feeling too. You know, John, there are a number of, uh, I guess, non-footballing people that were watching the game, particularly women, 
and they yeah. uh, they scrutinised the team with uh, with great in great detail, <laughs> and uh, a lot of them said that it was quite a good looking team, mm. and uh, your name was mentioned quite highly. I think you were rated ranked at number two the last time we took a poll, behind <laughs> Lucas Neal. <laughs> Lucas Neal. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that were the Diego's wives, by the way. Yeah, that was just our wives. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They call them the desperate housewives, too. That's right. Yeah, the Diego's wives. We took a straw poll at dinner the, about two, two nights after, and they said that it was a very good-looking team. I was really happy about that because that makes yeah. you very marketable, mate. Yeah, well, I hope so. You have to talk to the people back home so they can give me some sponsorship, man. <laughs> now, John... Um, I know afterwards you get presented and you've all got to say we're going to go a long way in the World Cup and we could do this and we could win it and that sort of stuff. But I suppose there must have been a conversation that the coach has had with you guys after the match or before you've all separated in terms of focus and direction for the next World Cup and what you'd like to achieve as a group. And I'm sure, I know you probably haven't formalised goals and all that sort of stuff, but is is there a genuine belief, and I suppose you're going to say yes there is, but... You're really going to set yourselves to to cause as much damage as possible when you get to to Germany in about six months' time. Yeah, I think so. I think our first aim has to be to get through the first round. Uh, that's uh, our biggest aim. If we can get through the first round, uh, then it comes the knockout stages, and then anything can happen. But uh, we haven't really talked about it yet. We're too uh, drunk, I think, the next day. <laughs> like that. So, but uh, no, everyone's uh, quite confident that uh, we're going to have a, a lot more months to prepare now for, for the World Cup. Uh, we only had like three months of goose before these games, and we didn't really have any any real tests before the Uruguayan games. So now we're going to have a few friendly games, and, and I'm sure we'll improve a lot more as a team. And when we get to the World Cup, uh, we'll be there to cause a few upsets, and, and I can't see why we can't do that. Just quickly, has Mark Viduka thanked you for saving him <laughs> millions of dollars in um, <laughs> psychiatric bills? <laughs> um, he, he actually, yeah, he didn't thank me for that, but he thanked me for getting us to the World Cup. But, right. uh, i tell you now, I, the, the next day I actually thought about it, I thought, what about if you had to miss the, the, the penalty that, oh. that sent us, well, didn't send us straight to the World mm. Cup, that you missed mm. out on it, and uh, you'd never live it down. There. You'd be thinking about it for the rest of your life, and... Uh, It'd be the worst feeling in the world. So I think he I should be. Have to go through that again. <laughs> I think he should be shouting you. I don't think you're going to have to buy a beer from Mark for Mark and Lisa until after the World Cup, John. That's right. But John, it does it does show the mindset that you guys were in because uh, you know there were times during the game because you were all over the Uruguayans and playing so well, but we just didn't. It didn't do the business over them in in the in in normal time and in extra time, so it ended up being a lottery in the, with the penalties. So I mean, we were very very close. Not the way you guys took the penalty it was fantastic, with the exception of Mark. But uh, we were very very close to maybe not getting through again on a penalty shootout. I mean, th- th- I mean, does that say something about the fact that you guys weren't dwelling on that about the way Goose Hitting prepared you guys and gave you that that inner confidence and and you know real focus that that there was only going to be one result in this game. Yeah, I think so. I think that, uh, like you said, you could tell the way we took the penalties. Everyone was, you know, very confident. Um, no one was thinking about losing. Whereas uh, uh, to see their players stepping up for the penalties, I don't think any of them looked confident. Mm. Uh, even the one that who scored under under Swartz, he was lucky to score. Then and, and uh, they only scored one other penalty. But um, no, we were uh, confident. I'm sure that uh, that uh, that was because of Gus also because before we took the penalties, he just goes. Make sure he's taken with balls. Thank God, um, <laughs> mate. Are you spewing your left osasuna? <laughs> I'm playing them tomorrow. 
that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, no, it, 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 yeah, it's good to see them doing well. Look, uh, I, I've still got a lot of friends there. I'm still um, pretty close to the coach. Uh, he sent me a message after I scored the penalty and saying congratulations and uh, and I can't wait to play him tomorrow. But uh, it, would, it would have been nice to be playing him or playing with them when they're up the top, yeah. With, with regards to Osasuna, when you go back there uh, tomorrow, are you expecting a sort of a standing ovation when you run onto the pitch tomorrow? Uh, you know, the, you know, uh, one of our old boys done well going to the World Cup and stuff like that. Will they, will they be throwing roses at you or something, or are you expecting no, a bad reception? No, well, funny enough, uh, that I've had quite a few uh, interviews with the press, and they've all told me that uh, that I'll be getting a good reception there. So. Which is good to hear. It's always nice to go back to an ex club and get a good reception. That, that means you've you've done something right there, and uh, and I'm looking forward to going back and uh, to see uh, to well, to to be quite proud of uh, of you know having played four years there and getting a standing ovation. If they give me that, I don't know yet. But, uh, <laughs> you, wait and see. you never know, John. They might take off their tops and wave their shirts <laughs> above their heads. <laughs> Nah, it's freezing here. It's <laughs> John, have you started to get into the uh, Spanish players and just basically saying, oh, another World Cup's coming around, there'll be lots of expectation, and you guys will probably choke again <laughs> and miss out on the second round? <laughs> no, I haven't, but uh, I wouldn't mind getting them in the in the first round because, uh, like you said, they do choke a little bit when they get to the World Cup, and... Uh, I think they'll be a team that'll be beatable. Yep, John. There was a bit of talk in the press about uh, it getting a bit niggly in the tunnel prior to the game. Uh, how how true is that? How heated did it get? Yeah, it's true. I wasn't in the tunnel because uh, I was on the bench. But um, Popovich told me that um, him and my uh, ex-teammate um, Chenge Morales were at each other's throats before the game. Uh, I think they were having a go at each other and. Um, Morales just grabbed him by the throat and Popovich isn't one to back down. Uh, I think it would have been a good tussle then too because they're both big boys and mm. uh, they both wouldn't back down at all. But uh, that was normal. We were expecting that because we know what the Uruguayans are like and I played with two of them and uh, they're the dirtiest guys on the pitch but obviously <laughs> they're the nicest guys. So they're all right. Now, John, this is a non-World Cup question but I got up and watched uh, Barcelona play during the week and, uh, and watched Ronaldinho play. And I actually... I'd like to know from an opposing player, I know when you play them, you're trying to beat them, but are there certain players like him where you actually watch some of the things that he does on the park and you even think to yourself, I can't believe how good this bloke is? Uh, yeah, I'm, well, when we do play him, I'm hoping that he's not that good because he's <laughs> unbelievable. The, all the tricks that he does and the way he beats players, and not only that, his, his strength and he's got... Uh, there's a lot of players that know how to do tricks, but his... Um, he knows how to score goals and set them up too. So he's, for me, he's the best player in the world at the moment. Uh, let's just hope we don't have to face Brazil in the World Cup. <laughs> John, John uh, just one last one, mate. We can talk to you for hours, but we've only got another 15 minutes of the show to go. But uh, just uh, Gus Hiddink, uh, tell us all about him. Now, apparently, when he told you that you wouldn't be starting in either of the games uh, in Montevideo or in Sydney, that, uh, that then he, you know to sort of almost uh, support you through your disappointment, he sort of said, look, look, let's have a bit of a game of hit the crossbar, you know, with the with the kicks, and, and the winner gets a bottle of wine. Now, of course, you won, and he lost, and he gave you a bottle of wine. Is that is that a true story? And if so, what bottle of wine did he give you? The, the truth behind it is that I lost, and I had to buy him a bottle of wine. <laughs> so it didn't make me happy at all. Is that right? Yeah, I did, I did end up buying him a bottle of wine because he ended up hitting the bar. And I didn't, so I had to buy him a bottle. And it was his birthday at the time, so it might look like I was crawling to him to get a start. But, um, 
Would... Yeah, and then the, the, the few days later, we had another game, and um, and Lucas New ended up winning, so uh, Gus ended up buying a bottle of wine for the whole table for all the players, and uh, we had a, a glass of wine each at dinner. Good stuff, mate. Well, John, look, uh, you certainly, you know, it's so pleasing seeing Harry play really well and, and Mark Baduka again play well. But uh, guys like yourself, the unheralded guys who have been around the squad for two or three campaigns. And we, I know we, you've been on, on the Diego's through many years when you were in Italy, over at Coventry, in Spain and so forth. And we're so proud that an Adelaide boy, you know, uh, scored the, the winning penalty and also enjoyed it as much as you did in the end. So uh, it was a great uh, moment here in Australian sport, mate, and you're forever part of it. So well done. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, I want to see you score as many goals as you did in the Confederations Cup in the World Cup in 2006, mate. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Good on you, mate. That's uh, John Aloisi, the penalty taker extraordinaire. I tell you what, we've built him so much, put him up so much, we'll probably make the World Cup final, take a penalty and bloody miss it. There was a, and I don't know whether this, somebody said during the SBS coverage. See, there was a, an in- inhalation there. Yeah, was a, I was just excited. Somebody said during the SBS coverage that of all the players that had constantly come back and represented Australia, that John Aloisi had actually yeah. sacrificed probably going forward in his international career. <laughs> Actually, yes. Yeah, Rodrigo's struggling at yeah, 10, to, yeah. uh, 10 to midnight. But anyway. that he'd actually <laughs> sacrificed a lot. And he was one player that yeah. never said no. Yeah. He's always come back no matter who yeah. we've been playing. And he probably could have been at you know even bigger clubs if he'd actually yeah. done what some others had done. It's so great to have other stars, other marquee players. Kale, uh, Bresciano, Grella. Yeah. Uh, Aloisi, um, you know, Kalina. Suddenly we've got stars all over the... And I reckon Harry Kuehl's benefited from that and Mark, mm. Mark Viduka's benefited too because uh, no longer it's, it's, it's it all about Harry Kuehl or Mark yeah. Viduka. Yeah. And I reckon those guys would be wrapped with that. But anyway, what a great man. I know we went for, went for about 20 minutes on it and he was fantastic. Could have gone on for longer. He's a great bloke. And hopefully in a few weeks' time we'll get Ross Aloisi and his brother John at the same time. We'll have a bit of banter going between... Uh, between the two uh, from different parts of the earth. So it'd be fantastic. But anyway, that was uh, John Aloisi here on the Four Diegos. The Four Diegos, proudly brought to you by Tax Talk. We love to talk tax. Call 1300 366 639.